Welcome to In It Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. Back again. Back at it again. I'm excited for today. When are you not excited? That's I, I, I know. I just I'm excited for today because I'm learning that when we share... And when we're real, raw, and relatable, it's healing. And it's showing complete and utter acceptance for who you are as a person. And so I'm just, I'm ready. I am ready for today. Well, that's part of the journey, right? We talk about it all the time. And if you can't be raw and relatable and accept, you know, your flaws, where are you going to be? Yeah. That's part of the journey. You got to take that step in order to get anywhere. And I just want to say like this was not the approach that I normally would take. It took you having to be like, one day you're going to look yourself in the mirror. And I used to be like, mm-hmm. And you're going to have to say, I don't like this about myself. I can't stand this about myself. And I did not like you for a very long time because I had the mirror looking at you instead of myself. And now I'm constantly finding that mirror and putting it up to myself to see what I can find because I truly just want to elevate myself. And that means accepting all parts of myself. So here we are. And I think that's what makes us different, you know, than a lot of the advice that you get from other talking heads. That when we share what we're sharing, we're sharing our experiences in the same in the same way that I shared my experience with you. That what I told you years ago was based on my experience because I saw that in me. When I made those choices to change, to be a different person, to look at myself and and realistically accept all the flaws and then not just accept them, but see that, you know, I, I was a flawed human being that that I wanted to change. And that's the hardest part, I think, is the, you know, everyone wants to say they want to change, but when push comes to shove, to make those hard choices and hard decisions, it's difficult. But when you do do them, and it's what I told you, then you'll look back and say, wow, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a different person back then. And I think with what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to demonstrate that with the situation that we're going to talk about. It was the last from my past. I remember saying to you, like, this is the last thing from my past that I have to acknowledge. And I felt like it was something major that was holding me back. And this is a long time in the coming because I, I think oh, yeah. I've had these, I you know, and, and our listeners know, like, I don't have a relationship with my mother for those same reasons, right? And this is kind of going to be a follow-up to the People or People podcast that we did. And I implore everyone to go back, find the People or People podcast, and then study that because that was, that was the big difference for me. And I think I, I said that on the podcast itself. That was my turning point. Once I really grasped that concept that people are people and regardless of the blood relation or the familial relation or the friendship, once you understand that concept that all people are people, then it just changes you. It changes your outlook and it changes how you see things. And that's a huge step. And it's easy to say and I can guarantee that most of you guys are out there listening to it and saying, oh, yeah, I, I kind of get that. But to really, really understand that, and I think that's something you came to the real realization of, of you know, what I meant. And I think you already you knew enough about what I was talking about because you saw it within me. But now I think you 
really incorporated that. I think it's painful. It is painful to have to admit those things, you know? And this has been a long time coming with my father. He is who he is. But I spent a lot of this time in this relationship holding on to a sense of loyalty to someone who was never loyal to me based upon the role that they played in my life and because I pitied them and I felt bad for them and I saw them as being weak and codependent and all these things and I had to be the daughter that, you know, showed love and was the bigger person and did all the things. But as we're going to talk about today, I'm going to, you know, be on, I'm going to be on the hot seat again today. It looks like I'm always in the seat getting roasted, but I think that's okay. It's, it's all right. I think our listeners and our people in our healing community and even you, it's, I know I'm being listened to and because I didn't have a voice, this provides me with an opportunity to do that and to have other people tell their stories too. And yeah, give a voice to those that don't have their voice yet. And that's the reason that we do this, right? It's because we've been through these struggles. We've been through this and that's why we can give that advice. We can give our perspective and, you know, you guys can take it or leave it. um, But we're just sharing our journey with you guys so that hopefully that will inspire you to go on your journey or help you through your journey. So you can hit me with any question (laughs) that you want, but I know people just want to get to know what happened, Courtney. I think realistically, in order for our listeners to get a real idea of what happened, I think we have to go back. You have to go back and share with them your experience with, and you've been raw and relatable and really open to your childhood. And I think if you guys have been listening to us and listening to our different podcasts, you've gotten, you know, a good grasp of, you know, your childhood, obviously with your mom. We've talked just a couple podcasts ago extensively about what that looked like. Right. But you didn't really delve into what your father, your relationship with your father is. So in order for them to fully understand how you got here, right, I think it's important for you to go back and give them, you know, what that looked like, what, you know, how you saw your father, what your father was to you growing up. Just share, share whatever you feel comfortable with. All right, this is going to this is going to be a while. I'm going to do my best to compartmentalize it. Okay. So, I was the product of an unwanted pregnancy. My father trying to keep my mother. So, you know, that in of itself kind of set the tone of the story. And when I was an infant, my mother and father divorced. They were actually married. And according to my father, he had come to pick me up at my home when I was little. I was like four weeks old. No food, no diapers, no nothing. My mother had left to go on gallivanting with whom she ended up having my brother with. And so my father got emergency custody of me. And I lived with him for the first year of my life. And I was raised by my grandmother. And then at year one, my mom got custody of me back. Then I saw my father every other weekend, you know, growing up as a kid. But he was violent. He was explosive, unpredictable, in and out of relationships, not always having a stable place to live. He was mean and he would 
say things to trigger me and to hurt me. I mean, I remember being little and making him like a number one father thing out of Play-Doh. It was like a pin. And he goes, is this gold? Nope. Threw it in the trash right in front of me. There was all these little things that would add up. Swearing, saying terrible things about my mom, uh, driving erratically, um, substance use. It was tough. It was really tough. But I still wanted to be with my dad. I still wanted him to come rescue me from the situation that I was living in. He was my dad. He was this big guy, almost six feet. So I would always think that he could protect me. As I got older, I saw his behavior escalate. You know, I saw him physically assault women. To, I mean, he would go and he would get um, prostitutes and things like that. And I would be around that type of behavior. And he would, you know, say things that were horrific and have me be in positions to watch these people and do these things. He would yell. And it, he was just so unpredictable. And I think that's where fawning came from for me, that I knew if I could be and act a certain way and be calm around my father and just be a daddy's doting little girl, it could keep me safe, right? And then as I started to get older, my relationship with him changed because when I was like 12 or 13, there was an accident that happened at a campground where he got very, very angry and he threw me into a table and I had to run to get for help. And then I didn't see him for years after that until one of my stepmothers took her life. And it was a really dicey situation where I would go out and I would visit him. So as I got older and started to make my way middle school and high school, there was less and less of seeing him until there were years in between that I didn't. And then I reconnected with him, you know, several months before my mother had passed away. Then I had to move in with him when I didn't have a place to live. And so I never was really close with him. I was always afraid of him, but yet I still always wanted to have this relationship with him right? And then I had met you. And not too soon after meeting my father, I remember you saying something like, he is, he's, he's not right, honey. <laughs> like, he, every time you're around him, you get anxious, you act a certain way. And I knew this stuff. I knew I was still afraid of my father. I would act like a little girl. I would revert back, even the way I would talk around him. It wasn't this woman in me. It was like, okay, dad. And it was weird. It was tough. And it used to trigger you. And you would tell me these things, and I knew these things, but he was my dad. It's, he was my only living parent that was left. And then when our son was 10 months, he made a comment that I'm not even going to say on air, but it was regarding our son's ethnicity. And I literally was like, I don't even want to talk to you ever again. And there was a good eight years that I didn't talk to him up until maybe five, six years ago when my stepmother kind of repaired that relationship for us and kind of brought us back together. But even then, his behavior and the things that he would say still wasn't enough for me. And you would say he's, you know, he's toxic. And even then his behavior still wasn't enough for me to make anything different. He was toxic. He was volatile. He didn't accept responsibility for anything. He was mean, but he was still my dad. Right. And that's the conversation we kept having over and over and over ago. Fast forward to where we are right now. My stepmother tragically dies in an accident with him and I'm in caretaker role. I'm sending him food. I'm making sure his house cleaned. I'm doing all of these things. The table started to turn more. Then I was in a position where he was relying on me for his care, which then became too much. And I started to get overwhelmed. And I'd come home from his visits anxious and dysregulated for like 72 hours because my body was still trying to recover from what it was like being around him. And then within the last five or six months, the relationship started to kind of go down a little bit and change. He met somebody. He pulled away. He's not really in his, his grandkids' life. Now let's talk four weeks ago, four weeks go down. I go down and tell him, look, you can't marry this woman because that's the whole, that's a whole other conversation. And this is why, and I'm trying to hear, you know, to protect you, you're, you're elderly. I want to make sure you're safe. So me trying to look out for him, putting a boundary in place, telling him, Hey, look, 
I'm still going to be here and committed to supporting you. But if you're going to take these steps and make these decisions for yourself, I'm out because I cannot, I can't deal with this because this is going to be on my plate. And then on our daughter's birthday, I'm thinking, here he is. He's going to be calling. He's going to be saying happy birthday to uh, our daughter, which was a week ago. And he just kind of went into everything. He blamed me for everything. I'm trying to run his life. And he just started yelling about staying out of his life, making his own decisions when really I was just looking out for him. And then in the split second, all of a sudden, I just felt like I don't need this anymore. I wasn't looking at him like he was my father. I just literally heard you in my head. People are people. And then my father said one thing. And then, you know, you have always been my knight in armor. Just kind of hopped in and said what you needed to say and were supporting me in that process. And the phone call ended. And the phone call ended with him wanting me to stay out of his business, stay out of his life, let him live the way that he wanted to live accepting zero accountability for any of my life or anything that I've gone through. And I just made the decision that I don't need that anymore. And I needed to let that go. And the only way that I could do that was seeing him as a person instead of pitying him as my father. And that pity and that empathy that I had for him kept me holding on to a relationship where someone didn't want me. They didn't want my help. He only wanted to reach out to me and talk to me when it was good for him. And I stayed in that. And I had to take responsibility for that. And that was really tough. So that's kind of like where we are right now. I know you have a lot of emotions around this and you have a lot of still unresolved issues with this whole thing. So we're going to try to unpack all this uh, because it was a lot. It was a lot. I, like I, I, I know the backstory and I've, 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 be, I've been living this for the last couple of years. And even then, just to listen to you. It's a lot. You just gave them a lot, and you did. All, I give too much and over. No, you just you were just all <laughs> over the place, and I don't think you were you were concrete and direct in what you were trying to to get across. And but that's okay, you know. And that's why we we do what we do. We're not we're not you know. There's no agenda here. We're just kind of sharing our um you know our struggles and sharing what you know our life with. I don't our, think with our I knew how to like express any of that, and I was trying to do such a good job giving some type of a linear timeline. And I was struggling because my brain was like, but you're leaving out all of these other horrific things. And what about this? And what about that? And so I kind of just lost myself. And that's all I was like, oh man, maybe yeah, I shouldn't have I, said so I much. Saw that. I, well, I like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here next to you and, and I heard that. I heard that, that there's this desperation of trying to figure this all out. And, and we, we're not going to do that on a, on a half hour, um, you know, podcast, obviously there was a lot going on, but what I want to key in on is where the breaks happen, right? Where the flaws happened, right? Cause obviously big daddy issues and <laughs> those are huge daddy issues that go way back. Right. You, we've talked about me and my rad, but we, you know, we, through this process, we kind of uncovered the fact that you have a bit of rad. There was some connection loss with, um, you know, that at that critical time where you needed to have that nurturance from your mom that that she wasn't there. And then you got pulled away from that from from her. And and then, you know, you you, you stayed with your father and your and your grandmother, which pretty much, you know, were there at that very critical point where you needed connection. And then, you know, you probably established some form of connection within that one year and then got pulled away again. So that's, again, that's, there's some rad there yep. that, that, you know, you're, you're just coming, 
around to understanding and I can see you getting emotional and and I know I I understand that. I understand that that was a crucial time for you that you needed that connection and that's where it all started. It all started there. You know, because you didn't have those clear connections that you you needed as a child. You know, and and, and we've talked about this. I you know, on a personal level, we've talked about, you know, how your parents and my parents, you know, failed us. They failed us. You know, they failed to give us those bonds that we we needed as as children. And then and because of that, opposed to what I did, right, is I shut down and I build walls and I, you know, kept everyone at, at arm's length because I didn't want to connect because I didn't want to feel that pain. You took the other approach and, you know, your whole life you made these false connections in your mind that these people were you know more nurturing and more involved in your life than they really were so you know so that's that's where the story really begins that you didn't have that those concrete connections that you needed initially right and then that puts you in a place where you're constantly looking for that connection for that validation that someone loved you and and that's where the story really begins you know your father as much as he was absent in your life, he he was there. He was there in a negative sense, unfortunately, right? It wasn't a he wasn't a positive figure in your life. Um, but you, that's all you knew, and you don't have any fault in that because as a child, you have no idea what a parent is supposed to be. You don't have a reference point for who a father is. All you know is who your father is, and then you start to make that connection as. That's what a father's supposed to be because you have no other reference point. Mm-hmm. And what that father was for you was, like you said, it, w- it was verbally abusive. As far as I know, other than that one incident, he wasn't very physically abusive with you. But you saw him uh, physically abuse other women. So that, again, was scary to you because you felt like at any point this man could harm you like you've seen him harm other people. So there was an ever-present fear. And that fear carried on not only with your father, but with other men in your life. And that included me because when we first met, there was a lot of pushback and a lot of those feelings also, you know, surfaced within our relationship until we started to work through that. So talk a little bit about that. And I I think I've led you a little bit of where we want to kind of go. So talk more about like that relationship, what you saw um, as a father and what you looked for and that because because really that's where that's where we are right that's where we were for the longest time I would tell you hey this isn't a very um, constructive relationship and you you you've known what, what went on with me and my mom and I would point those things out I'd never I, I, I never wanted to control who you wanted you know what you wanted and I never wanted to you know, put a wedge between whatever relationship you wanted to have. But as your husband, as a person that loved you, it was my responsibility to say, hey, this isn't a a good relationship for you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to support your decision to have whatever relationship you want with whoever you want. But as your husband that loved you, I didn't want to enable poor relationships and enable you to continue to put yourself in a situation that you were going to be hurt. And and again, I, I used to share that the people are people 
concept with you all the time. And I know it was a struggle. It's been a struggle for you to really understand that. And I know this was year again, I, I shared that with you years ago and I have eliminated people in my life that I thought were toxic for me. And you saw that, but you chose to continue to have a relationship with your, with your father. And I, again, I was supportive to the extent that I wasn't enabling more trauma to be, to, to happen, you know? So, so again, I'm going to give it, give it back to you so you can kind of process a little bit of what, how, what I said and how you feel about that. Okay. So I'm trying to keep it together. I'm going to take a deep breath, but in being real, raw and relatable, um, need people to hear that that's really painful for me. You know, I don't talk a lot about those things, but it was devastating. And I think for me, the reason why it was hard is that if I accepted the people are people, it would literally go against the healing fantasies I've created in my head and I would have nothing. And I don't think that I was ready to have all of that taken away. And you are right. The most critical point of my life where I needed nurturance and I needed stability and consistency, I was ripped from my mom and my mom, I didn't even have that with her. And then sent to my father and then it was my grandmother taking care of me and then my mom didn't act on it and you know picked me up a year later. I don't think I realized that I too had some reactivity, you know, reactive attachment to with people. So like you said, instead of me building the walls, I painted these pit pictures of people to, to see them differently, to soothe the sadness, to convince myself that, you know, these people do love me. This is, you're just expecting too much of them, or this is just what they're capable of. And so I allowed that to dictate the way in which I, and I saw toxic people in my life so that I would see them as just good. I'd always search for the good. Oh, well, my dad would do anything for anybody. But when it came down to it this past week, he wasn't even willing to do a, an ounce of anything for me, but he could do something for other people. And when I allowed my brain to start to see that, I started to see that I didn't mean as much to my father as I lied to myself about. Him telling me, stay out of my business and my life and those things almost gave me permission to stop caring because I cared way too much about him and what he was going through than what it was doing to me and to my family. Because going against that would destroy, like I said, that healing fantasy in my head of all these people. But you were right. You were right about that. I just wasn't ready then. And there's a part of me that was really angry with myself for allowing not even the bare minimum to be acceptable. So a lot of my anger isn't towards him. It's towards me for lying to myself because that's what I did to prevent myself from feeling the pain that I was eventually going to feel. And it's okay. Like, again, we, as I said, you were a child when this all took place, when this, you know, this is, there's a realization that happens with this people or people. And I think that's, that's the, the sea change that has to happen in your, in your mind. Right. And that's what happened to me. Right. That's, that's where that was my turning point. But it was my, the turning point uh, for me was seeing myself as not a child anymore, dependent, but seeing myself as capable, following my own path, my own journey. You know, I was a father early. It was, you know, at 20 years old, I became a father. So I was, I had, I had a child that was dependent on me. And that's something that weighed heavily on me. That was the change for me. 
You know, when I saw that, when I understood that I had to be better, that I couldn't just say, I accept, I accept, you know, the, the, how I was raised, I wanted to be better. And that's when I start to see, like, if I can be better, they could have been better. They could have seen what I saw. And I think that's the realization you started to, to get to. And you weren't ready. You weren't ready up until that point. Up until just recently, you weren't ready to understand that you can demand better for yourself and you can demand better from others. And the frustration and the anger really is that you understand that they could have done the same. Your mom could have wanted better for herself. And, you know, you found out, you know, you recently found out that she was trying. She did try. She tried. But you didn't see that with your father. You know, and, you, and it's, it's gotten worse, right? Because it's, it's been years and years of, of, the same, of the same pattern just repeating itself. You know, it was, it, it was you know, in terms of relationships, your father's always been in a relationship with a, with, with a toxic relationship with a woman. And he's chosen every single time that relationship over you. And you've seen that. And outside of, you know, the, his most recent marriage that uh, unfortunately ended in, in a tragic uh, death, all those other women were locked into this toxic relationship with your father that you were privy to. You know, you saw firsthand, you know, uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and you saw a lot of this stuff growing up and it became normal for you until you recognize and realize that you wanted better. Once you recognize and realize that you wanted better, now you start to see things differently. And I think that's where we are right now, right? We are, we're in a place where you want better for yourself. I'm hoping at least that that's, that's the case. Really? <laughs> After all that? Why do I say that? So I say that because we got to this point because your father chose chose his current relationship over you and his grandchildren and everything around them, right? He, he chose that, but he's done that ever since I've known him. Ever since we've gotten together, I've seen that same behavior over and over and over and over again. You've just recently have accepted that. So, you know, why do I say that is you've seen it happen. You've seen it happen over and over and over again. But what's the difference between now and every other time that that's happened? Because I love myself. I didn't love myself then. So that's the only thing that I can come up with. And because now I see things I wasn't willing then. So loving myself now means loving yourself is letting go. And that's what I've been telling myself. I mean, I can understand why you feel that way. And I'm not going to feel shamed, you know, because it took as long as it did, because that was just part of my journey. And I have to accept that. I can still be angry that it took this long and I can be angry for what I've lost because of it. But I probably wouldn't be standing here having this podcast or talking about these things or sharing these things if it had happened in another point in my life. Probably wouldn't have been as profound. But the difference, though, is, is I love myself now. And my intent was never to shame you, but it was to come to that. I wanted you to come to that realization. I needed you to come to that realization because this, this isn't about your father. 
I did want to smack you for a couple seconds, but I know that you would never shame me. You would never shame me on air. So I had to take a deep breath and say, he's going someplace with this. Well, I, again, I don't want it to be about your father because it never it, it should have never been. Right. Because, again, if you understand the people or people concept, he is just another person just because he was there in your life as a child and you accepted him as a father as a child you're no longer a child you're an adult and you can make the decision of who and who is in your life and what's important in your life and what you choose to have in your life now and that's that's really the realization that people or people gave me and that's what we want to share with you guys our listeners i think for me the realization is just admitting i was lying to myself you know, that was hard. And I think that's what held me back. Just admitting that I was lying to myself. My inner child can forgive his inner child. But me as a parent, no. <laughs> I was almost going to swear on air. Me as a parent, I could never do to my kids what he's done. And even if he wasn't there for me, he didn't choose me, he, had, he didn't raise me well and all these things. He had an opportunity to do right by me as an adult. He could have chose me because he said, you know what? I know you're just looking out for me. I know you don't want anything bad to happen. You know what? You're right. Which is what he initially said and he lied about it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to me and what I want in my life. I could set the standards and bare minimum. I mean, he wasn't even doing bare minimum. He wasn't doing anything. And at that point, I couldn't justify the relationship any further because it was just hurting me. So you're right in saying that I just wasn't ready. But I think... Once I became ready because I just wanted to be open and honest and look in the mirror, I had to see everything that was in the mirror. I had to learn to love myself and I had to find my anger. Because what held me back was the fact that my dad was so violent all the time. So as he got older, I justified, well, he's better now, you know, he's, he's doing some healing just because he wasn't blowing his top and screaming and beating people and, and all of those things, I saw that as progress, you know, and that's what I held on to. No, he's just older, but he's the same man. He's still the same guy. He still has the same brain. He just can't keep up with his hot temper no more. But that's how I lied to myself. You know, a year ago, if you, and the People Are People podcast, you asked me about my dad. Go listen to, you guys got to go listen to it because I was like, well, yeah, you know, I, I would talk to my dad. I'd have a cup of coffee with him every once in a while. He's a nice guy. He'd do anything. Go listen. It's me. It's me saying that. But today, I know that man. And I'd say that neighbor, he's he's gone. He's crazy. You can wave to him when you drive in your car. But that is it. Like, no, I wouldn't talk to him. But in the original People or People or podcast, go listen to it. <laughs> go listen to what I said. That shows my growth. Yeah, absolutely. And not to, and don't discount either one of those um opinions or, 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 or ways of thinking, right? You weren't wrong back then and you, just like you're not wrong now. You're, we evolve, we change as individuals. As we grow, as we progress in our journey, you know, we, you know, our opinions about what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable change. And I, and I think a lot of, you've grown a lot. You know, from that last year or wherever, what, uh, two years ago, since we did that original People of People podcast. And, you know, you've come to a lot of realizations and a lot of things of, you know, we've processed through a lot of emotions around 
you know, your family around, you know, your father, your mom, your mother, but it's what you said, right? This, and again, I, I want to bring it back to this. This isn't about your father. This is about you and what you accept. And again, you accepted him a couple years ago and that was fine. And you don't accept him now and that's fine. And I think what really, you know, your father hasn't changed. And I, th I think what really has evolved is now your kids are getting older. You're starting to see them as individuals and not little babies anymore that you're caretaking for. You know, our son is getting is, you know, is a teenager now and he's coming into his young adulthood and you're starting to see that, you know, we have to be better. We have to not just accept the bare minimum for ourselves as parents so our kids can not accept just the bare minimum. And I think that's that's where I really want you to to kind of key in on and understand because that's what that's what really people are people is about. I think there's a lot of still anger around your father not choosing you and uh, your father, you know, I think, but a lot of that is the realization that not so much that he didn't choose you now, but that he never really chose you and that you you just, like you said, right, you, you created this fantasy that was your father and you made him out to be better than he ever was because it would crush you to really see the reality. I've done that my whole life with everything. I've made jobs to be better than what they were, dishes that I've cooked <laughs> to be better than what they were. I'm not making light of this. That has been my coping skill. Find a pile of shit and put some unicorn dust on it because I would be surrounded by trash all the time. And that was hard for me. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. And at the same time, I wish I didn't have a life supply of unicorn dust in my pocket so that I could have just seen things for what they really were. But my, that, that's what I was here for. <laughs> yeah, you were the one blowing away my unicorn dust, dumping it out, taking it for your own pleasure, leaving me with none. But it was, it was no, you let me have, you know, you, would, you taught me when it was okay to sprinkle it and when I didn't need to sprinkle it. And I think I started to sprinkle the dust on myself and on my heart and on my self-worth. I started to pour it on myself so that I could see myself shine because I wasn't willing to give my limited amount of unicorn dust to the wrong situations. I think I kept it for myself. And in doing so, I was able to see that I deserved more. And my kids did. I wasn't going to have them have this popping in grandfather whenever he wanted to. So I absorbed the pain and said, this stops now. I'd rather my kids have no one in their lives, just me and you, than to have a bunch of unhealthy, toxic, selfish people that are okay being exactly how they are. Because I don't want that for them. And that's the reason why we do this podcast, right? This, is, this was emotionally probably the heaviest one we've done. Because I can feel the like, oh, you guys, I know you're out there listening and I'm sure there's a lot of a, a lot of people with a lot of different emotions right now. And and this is tough because life is tough. And it's been a tough road. And we do this. We share this because if you can do it, I can do it. And you listening to us can do it. 
can make the changes that you want in your life to positively affect what happens to you moving forward. So if you're ready to not just accept the bare minimum, we don't get to choose the cards that are given to us. That's just, that's, it is what it is. You get dealt the cards that you get dealt. And we've gotten dealt some horrendous cards. But it's how you play those cards that's important. And I can tell you, is, and, and I know there's going to be some people that don't like some, some of the things I said to you, and, but that's okay. But we got here because we had to say the, the we had to say the things that were uncomfortable, deal with the things that were uncomfortable, and then that's the only way we make it through. That's the only way we get to move past what harmed us, what, what hurt us, what traumatized us, is owning those things. And too many of us do what you do all the time, is sprinkle that unicorn dust and try to make it better than it is. But that doesn't, in the long run, it doesn't help. In the short term, it helps you cope with, you know, what we need to cope with. But in the long term, it keeps you stuck. And that's what we're trying to do. Trying to get you guys to take that next step. Take that next step in your healing journey. Take that next step to to realizing who you can be. Because you're capable. If you're listening to this podcast now, right now, you guys are capable. You're capable of being more than the environment you got brought into. And you have two examples of two individuals that have done it, that are still doing it, that are still working through the, these traumatic events and everything that's happened to us in our childhood. We're still working through those things. But if we can do it, you guys can do it. And that's the only thing I can really impart. You need to look. And every single person in your life and say, if this person wasn't my mother, brother, father, sister, aunt, uncle, teacher, whatever, would I have respect for this person? Would I want this person in my life? And if the answer is no way, then you don't have them in your life based upon the role that they play. And that's something that you need to learn. It was hard for me to learn those things, but I'm glad that I learned it. I'm glad that I chose myself. I'm glad that I chose my family. And I'm glad that I no longer accept anything that I'm worthy of. And I don't need to lower my standards because someone can't meet the mark. Somebody else will meet it like you meet it. Right? I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what is with you and hoping so today? Second time you said that today. Because we're not, no one is perfect. I have my shortfalls, my shortcomings. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm I'm the perfect father because I'm not. The reality is obviously can strive to be the best version, but we're all going to fall short. We're going to fall short in terms of, you know, being parents. We're going to fall short in terms of being human beings. But that's not the point. The point isn't being perfect or being the ideal father or the ideal mother or the ideal sister or brother, etc., it's embracing the fact that you're going to fall short, but you're going to try your best to do your best. Well, I know you're always trying your best for me, so that counts in my book. <laughs> it is. You always show up. If you mess up, you let me know. 
If you do something out of character that you're not proud of, you hold yourself accountable. You're loyal. You're trustworthy. And ain't nobody going to hurt me as long as I'm with you. And you have demonstrated that all the time, especially in that phone call. When he tried to make me feel bad. And you just bossed up. And my inner child was like, well, looks like he buried himself on that one. My inner child had some healing that day. Because nobody ever stood up to my father when he scared me or he hurt me or he was crazy. Everybody pacified him. And that's what I learned to do. So you stood up to him and I heard him cower on that phone. And that was powerful because it almost like his power died within me that day. Wow. I, you know, and and you had like mentioned that to me uh, that day that that happened. But uh, I can see, I can feel now the impact that that had. Everybody cowered around him. Everybody was afraid of him. Oh, go do this with your dad. You, you just call him, you know. Not you. That day when he tried to say that, you just hopped right in there, was my protector, my knight, took out your Excalibur and was like, and I'm not, I know it's, it sounds funny, but that's what my inner child saw. I saw you on that white horse, actually a black horse. You came running in, you had that knight, you took it out, and I was the princess that you threw over the back of the horse, and we were out. And I saw him cower. I felt him cower. I felt him stutter. And he lost his power that day. So you slayed my dragon. But I want that for you. But that's that's but what I, I, that's what I want for you because you don't need you don't need me to no, save you. But but I'm the one that said, hey, you know, I went with it. I yelled back. I put my boundaries in place. And then after you saw me, you said to me that was the strongest I've ever seen you. When you challenged me on something and I kind of got up and I got loud and I got rowdy. You did. You did. Because so, you, you, again, I've said this a million times. You're fully capable. I've, I've known this about you. You're, you have a strength about you that I could see the first time I met you. There was something there that was special, that was strong. And we we talk about it on the podcast all all the time, right? We we attract what we are, and you always know me to be a very strong minded, opinionated, very strong. So maybe individual. I was strong after all. You you had to be. That's what that's well, why, what I saw. That's what I saw within you that well, you could shit. not. I wasn't see. weak after all. I mean, I had a weak mentality, and there was some patheticness in there, but um. Okay, I'm a little gassed up right now, but it's true though. Maybe I was. Maybe I was a lot stronger than I had to have been because you wouldn't have tolerated anything else. But that's good. Maybe today I can walk away with that. That the strength that I thought I never was, it was there. Just someone didn't take the time to to see it. (laughs) Me especially. I sprinkled, you know, unicorn dust on everything else and kind of forgot about the stuff that I needed to work on, which was inside of me. So. People are people, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today, and I think, you know, we talked a lot about that, and I hope that someone listens to this, takes a look at their life, finds that person, and says, you know what, I deserve better, and chooses themselves, and lets go. I hope that every single person can find one person that hurts them, that doesn't choose them. And they decide I'm going to choose myself and that they can be okay with that. And I would love to hear 
If any of you guys do that, email us. Let us know. I want to hear this moment of triumph for you. Most definitely. You know, that's I'm I'm hoping that we are that person to to everyone that hears us. That they can see that if we could do it, that they could do it. If we can make those those decisions, then you can make those decisions. And maybe like if you're if you're listening to us right now, I know you're strong enough. Just like I knew Courtney was strong enough. I know you're strong enough. Whoever's out there listening to us right now, know that. We're not survivors because we just happen to survive. We're survivors because we're stronger than people thought we were going to be because it didn't break us. We're still here. There's a lot of people in this world that have that have had similar traumas and they broke. And they're not with us anymore because they chose you know, other paths, other, whether it was a a short term or a long term, you know, destruction of their life. But if you're listening to this podcast, then you've already chosen yourself because you're trying to be better. You're listening to something to try to be better. So you're already farther along than most. Understand that. Understand that you're capable, that you're strong enough, the traumas don't need to define us. And if you understand the concept of people or people, it could change your life because most of us are dealing with childhood traumas that come from our parents or come from the familial bonds that we had no control over. We got dealt these cards and we didn't have any any say in the cards we were dealt. But we, what we do have control over is how we play those cards. And no matter who's in your life, right now, you have a choice as an adult, unless you're a child listening to us um, that doesn't have any control over who's around them at this particular point. One day you will. So if you're a teen and you're listening right now or a kid that happened to stumble across us, one day you will have that control. So don't lose hope. Start planning now. Start thinking now about the people in your life. And the moment that you do have that opportunity, understand that you're capable and that you're in control of that. And life won't always be this way. And you don't need to convince yourself otherwise. And if you're an adult that has all these people that you're starting to look at and say, hey, I I deserve more. I deserve better. Make that choice. Make that choice for yourself. Even if you've not made that choice up until now, it's never too late. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys stuck with us for this long. It's, this is going pro- to be the longest podcast we've done in a long, long time. But I think it was, I think it was, this was a great insight in how we process things. Because this was more of the types of conversations we have in private uh, than anything, I th- I think this has probably been the 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 closest to our private conversations that we've let you guys in on than than we've ever done. I think most definitely. I think it was real raw and relatable, and this is how emotional I get when I when we talk about those things. And you know, the other day I said in the workshop today from the healing community, right? We we did a workshop on something, and I I said, 
You know, at one point I used to be afraid to show my emotions and tell people about my life because I felt like an imposter. Like, how could I accomplish and do what I do and help other people if that was my life and that was me? But I recognize that all of that make this. And so being able to share all of this, this is how I would talk to you. This is how Jay and I talk to each other. You see that this is what processing is about. If you do this with your significant other, that's healthy. Some of you guys might have a healthy relationship and not even realize it. Choose people who choose you. And if you feel that no one's choosing you right now, just choose yourself. Always choose yourself. You'll never be alone. Yeah, that's great advice. So I think we're going to end it here. I know it's been a really emotional one. And I I hope you guys got something out of it, understood something a, a little bit more. I implore you guys to go back to the People or People podcast, review that, send questions, send comments. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I know we're starting to do, um, they're starting to do ads. Make sure you subscribe and download the podcast so we can get and write reviews because that helps us out, helps with the analytics. So absolutely, if you've enjoyed what you hear from us, if you want more of us, then for sure, go on there, we send comments. Help. Absolutely. Uh, so so support us in any way you guys can. So um, do you have anything else you want to? Thank you, everybody, for listening because that was a story that I don't think I would have wanted to say to anybody else other than Jay, but I just said it to millions of people. So thank you for listening, and I'll be here to listen when you're ready. Yeah, that's beautiful. I couldn't have said that better. So we'll leave you there. And like always, guys, it's never too late to start a new journey. So, guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at Ask.Courtney, on Instagram at AskCourtney underscore, and on YouTube at AskCourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys, so make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together, so stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.